You are listening to the Pursuit Church SA podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. I want to talk about four things today that we can do to help get rid of bitterness if it already exists and also prevent it, right? Do, do some of that weed prevention, you know, get it early, pull that little root up before it gets deep, before it gets, <laughs> before you need a shovel, okay? Come on now. So here, here, two of the things we actually just read in the uh, scripture from Ephesians, right? One is what it tells us there. Let's, can, can we put that back up? The Ephesians, actually 4.32 specifically. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, along with every form of malice. Now go to 32. Here we go. Thing number one. Be kind to one another. Be kind to one another. I want to talk about that for a minute. One way we can kill the root of bitterness is with kindness. Let's talk about that. This is what Romans 12, 21 instructs us to do related to this. It says, do not overcome evil. Do not overcome by evil, I'm sorry. But overcome evil with good. And then Jesus reminds us in Luke chapter 6, verse 28, when he says, bless those who curse you, pray for those that mistreat you. And as hard as that may be to do sometimes, right? Showing kindness to those that may have hurt us or someone that we love is one of the best ways to pull up that root of bitterness and prevent it from growing in our hearts. And that's, that's the thing we're going to be focused on today is what, not so much about the other person. It's about us. It's about what are we doing to prevent that root of bitterness from taking hold in our heart. Okay, that's really what we're talking about today. You see, there's an intentionality that takes place when we accept responsibility for what we choose to do, right? What we choose to do. And this is regardless of how the other person may or may not act, right? This is, this is putting them to the side. This is, what, this is about us. Because remember, bitterness at the end of the day is a heart issue. It's a heart issue for us, right? Now... I want you to remember, we, we can't control what other people do. But we can control how we respond. We can control how we respond. Now, you know, showing kindness, what it does for us is it helps soften our hearts. Right? Showing kindness helps us to soften our own hearts toward the person toward the situation. But also, you never know. Sometimes just one act of kindness can break down the highest wall. Anyone ever experienced that before? Just someone was, showed some kindness to you that maybe you didn't expect. What did that do to you? Now, maybe you didn't react right away. Maybe you say, oh, I still don't like them. That's fine. But, but maybe, maybe that act of kindness did something in your spirit too. And we don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is God's word just said, you should be kind to people. If you want to get rid of this root of bitterness, use kindness. In other words, 
You've maybe heard this, you kill them with kindness. That, that's literally what you're doing, right? That's what the scripture's telling us. We're, we're going to kill that root of bitterness with kindness. Now, maybe the person that you're thinking about right now in your mind, maybe you're not ready to have a face-to-face conversation yet. Maybe you're not quite ready for that yet. Okay, let God keep working on you. But how about this? How about maybe you just send that person a text message? Hey, praying for you today, thinking of you. Wishing God's best for you. How about you write him a little note? Put him in the put it in the mail, you know. And then how about what Jesus said to do? How about praying for him? You know, one of the kindest things you can do for somebody is to pray for them. That is one of the kindest acts that you can do. Maybe you're not ready to have a full-on conversation. Maybe you're not ready to you know, fix everything in one minute. But I'm telling you, prayer changes things. Number one, prayer changes your heart. Prayer changes your heart toward them, toward the situation. You know, it's very difficult to be mad at somebody when you're praying for them. Come on. It's, you know what, I'm, I'm just, even in a marriage, let me tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the middle of some intense fellowship, as my bride likes to call it. And sometimes we will literally just stop what we're doing and we will pray. And you know what? It's kind of hard to be mad at somebody when you're praying with them. It's kind of hard to be mad at the person that you feel bitterness toward right now if you're praying for them consistently and constantly. Come on, man. Kindness and prayer changes things. It changes your heart. Come on. That's good. It changes your heart. And you know, when you're doing that... Even if you don't feel like it all the time, you're not going to feel like it. You're going to think about, uh, I don't know about that person. You're not going to feel like it all the time. But you know what? Praying for them is more about obedience than it is about how you feel. Okay? And God honors obedience. God, so don't think like, well, I don't really 100% there. So you're not being fake. You're being obedient. You're being obedient. Jesus said, Jesus said, pray for them. I'm going to follow what Jesus told me to do. Okay? Even when I don't feel like it. Even when I don't feel like it. So you don't have to feel like it to show kindness and pray for people and and love them. Now the second thing, if we can put uh, Ephesians 4.32 back up again. The second thing we learn to do, and that we're instructed to do, if we want to deal with bitterness, is to use unforgiveness, excuse me, is to use forgiveness as a killer of the root of bitterness, right? Forgiveness. Because you see, unforgiveness and bitterness, they tend to go together. They tend to go together, right? And we just read again in... in, In Ephesians, it says, you want to get rid of bitterness? You better learn how to forgive, right? As Jesus forgave us, which we'll talk more about that in a minute. Maybe you've heard this saying, and if you haven't, um, you should put this one to memory. If you've heard it before, great, it's a great reminder. But maybe you've heard the saying that says, holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's what unforgiveness looks like. Anybody been there? Come on. Come on. 
So you see, forgiveness really is for us. It's for us first. It's our own heart that we're trying to heal when we practice forgiveness. That's why it is a great antidote for bitterness. Right? That's why it's a great antidote for bitterness. Because what's happening is we're actually, when we forgive, we're actually removing that poison from our own heart. Right? We're removing that poison from our own heart. You know, forgiveness, you've heard this as well, but it's worth repeating and reminding. Forgiveness also is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a conscious decision that we're making to release that person so that we ourselves are not kept prisoner by bitterness. That's what we're doing. We're, we're releasing ourselves so that we're not held captive to bitterness when we forgive somebody. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that we pretend like it didn't happen or we're forgetting it or whatever. We're making a conscious decision to, in essence, let that person off the hook. That, that's really what we're doing. But think about this. Jesus reminds us, as we saw in the scripture, that we should forgive others as we have been forgiven. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. What would your life be like if Jesus hadn't died for you and forgiven your sins? What would your life be like? What kind of existence would, would you and I be in right now? Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, tells us exactly what would be happening if Jesus had not forgiven us of our sins and died in our place. And it says this, And you who were dead in your trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. You would be dead. I would be dead. We would be dead in our sin if Jesus had not forgiven us. And when we think about that, it helps us to forgive other people. Because is there anything that someone has done that we can't find a way to forgive them? In light of that, look at all the things Jesus has forgiven you from and me from. And that's why Jesus was careful to put that part in the scripture. He's saying, remember what I've forgiven you of. And when you think about that, then you're going to be able to forgive other people. Come on. Come on. That's, that is so powerful. So if Jesus died for our sins, is there anything that we cannot find a way to forgive somebody from or for? Now, I know you're probably saying, yeah, but he's Jesus. He's God. Of course he can do that. And I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying we're God. But what I'm saying is, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can actually do what Jesus is asking us to do. But it's only by that power. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can learn to forgive like Jesus forgave and forgives us. And when we do that, we are again releasing and getting rid of the poison and the bitterness from our own hearts and our own minds. Now, these first two things we've talked about, 
really kind of deal with how to deal with bitterness based on what someone may have done to us, right? It kind of involves people. It's, it's like, how, to, how do you deal with people and the bitterness that you may have toward them, right? But how many of you know that there's other bitterness that can get into your heart that really isn't necessarily related to people as much as it is situations, circumstances that come up in life, right? How do we deal with bitterness when we lose a job? How do we deal with bitterness when someone that we love passes away? How do we deal with bitterness toward God? Based on an expectation that we thought was going to happen. See, those aren't really related to people so much. But that same bitterness can still get in our hearts. That same bitterness can still get in our hearts. So these final two truths that I want to share with you help us deal with that root of bitterness. That kind of bitterness that can get in our hearts. The first two were were about how to deal with people, right? These last two are really how to deal with our own hearts and how to deal with our own uh, things that can cause bitterness to take root. The first one of those is to do this. Let go. We're talking about letting go of things. Let go of your past. Now, that is way easier said than done. (laughs) I get it. But as an example, I want to show you or or, just talk for a minute about the Apostle Paul. You know, Apostle Paul that wrote roughly two-thirds of the New Testament, you know, actually had a lot of reasons he could have been bitter. Actually, if you look at his life, he had a lot of reasons he could have been bitter. First off, he could have been bitter because many people, even even Christians, in fact, mostly Christians, to be honest with you, didn't accept him in his ministry because they weren't sure he was really real. And the reason for that is Paul had, before his conversion, been killing Christians. <laughs> in fact, he had been anti-church, anti-Jesus, anti... And so... When he has this miraculous conversion, people doubted him. So, in fact, several times in the scripture, it says, we don't know if you really are who you say you are. We don't really know if this happened in your life. We don't really know if you are a follower of Jesus. Now, you, you were just killing people two weeks ago. What are, you, what are you talking about? And Paul himself knew this. He knew people uh, thought that way about him. In fact, a couple times um, in the Bible, Paul even makes the statement like, am I, people wonder, am I really a real apostle? Am I really a real um, disciple? Paul himself says that. So you know that mentality was out there. He knew it was out there. Paul could have become very bitter about people not accepting him. That he wasn't fitting in, right? Another reason Paul could have become very bitter is it says that God kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of afflicted him with something. Now, we don't know exactly what that is. Some people think it was bad eyesight, some, you know, whatever you want to say or whatever you want to believe, what, what is clear in Scripture is that God was kind of putting something on Paul that he was going to have to live with for the rest of his life. And three times, Paul asked God to take that thing from him. Three times. Not once, not twice, three times. And each time, God said, nope, 
I'm going to leave it on you, in you, because I want you to see that I'm really all that you need. <laughs> and what, what you think is afflicting you is actually drawing and going to draw you closer to me. But Paul could have become bitter. Are there some things maybe you've been asking God for that you haven't seen taken away yet? Anybody here? Just know that God's plan and purposes are important. And we got to let, we got to trust like Paul did. We got to trust. But here's, here's the thing that Paul was able to do that's related to what we're talking about right now. Go to Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And actually, the little dot, dot, dot part, when, when you actually go to read it, I didn't put it up here, but it says, Paul says, first, not that I'm all the way there yet. Basically, that's how he starts, okay? But then we pick it up, and he says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. So you see, Paul's teaching us here, we can't live in the past. We can't worry about what's happened in the past. We can't dwell on what's happened in the past. Our focus needs to be on the future. When we do that, that helps us let go of bitterness. When we can focus on the future, not stay locked in the past, we can stay, we can help get rid of bitterness. You know, the road ahead, if you're driving, I think we did a driving analogy last week too, so somehow I'm driving right now. But you, you can't really get to your destination if you're always looking in the rearview mirror, right? Now, every once in a while, you can glance in that rearview mirror just to make sure that nothing dangerous is kind of coming up behind you. And sometimes we kind of do that with our, as we're navigating through hurt. You know, we, we do want to be aware of things that can come up and hurt us and, and come up from our past. But we have to be focused on the windshield in front of us, right? And that's what Paul is saying, telling us here. Stay focused on the future. Stay focused on the road ahead, as, as Paul reminds us, ultimately to get the prize, right, that Jesus has for us. But we cannot take hold of our future if we are holding on to our past. You really can't do it. Paul recognized that. He knew that. And he'd been through a whole lot of stuff by the time he wrote this. He'd been in prison. He'd been persecuted. He'd been thrown off buildings. He, I mean, trust me, he'd been through some stuff that he could have just kept recalling his past, living there. Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. No, what he said was, I have a race to run. I, I've got things that God wants to accomplish in my life. And I'm not going to stay focused, holding on to all this back here. I'm going to stay focused on the road ahead. I'm going to stay focused on the future. Because, you see, in the future, we have hope. There's, there's really no hope in the past. Is it? I mean, is there hope in the past? No. There's only hope in the future. And that's what Paul reminded us of. So fixing our focus on the future and not dwelling on what has hurt us. That's what keeps our hearts in a hopeful place. And it's that hope that God's giving us that helps us press forward. Now, this last truth that I want to share with you really, 
Uh, I, you know, you've heard the, the phrase, save the best for last. And this is the best for last. Because you see, this fourth thing that we're going to talk about is central to everything. Without what I'm going to share with you right now, you can't really show kindness. You can't really show forgiveness. You can't really forget about your past if we don't do this fourth thing. So what I would say first is the fourth thing is really the first thing, right? What I'm going to share now should be the very first thing that we do when we're trying to get rid of this root of bitterness, and that is this. We need to learn to process our pain in God's hands. Now, let me tell you what. We're all going to process pain. Because if you don't, no, let me say it. We are all going to process pain. The question is how we process that pain, right? Now, this is what typically happens. Not about you, but I've done this more than once. <laughs> When I get hurt, the first thing I start trying to do is justify why I'm okay to feel hurt. I, well, you know, I have a right to the feel this way, and I have a da, 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 I start rehearsing all the hurt that's gone on in my own mind, in my own paradigm, in my own way of thinking about it, because I want to feel like I'm justified in feeling my bitterness, my pain, my resentment. So that, that's one. And then what else do we tend to do? We tend to go phone a friend and rehearse with them, looking for agreement. Hey, don't you think, oh, this has happened, this happened. Yeah, don't you think I have a right to feel bitter? Don't you think I have a right to be mad? And of course, what we're looking for, to start with, and this is where we got to be careful about who we have as our friends. I'm just keeping it real. Because the first friend you're probably going to call is the one you think is going to agree with you. Right? Hey, I know, I know so-and-so. Man, they'll be all in my corner on this. <laughs> They're going to be shouting me down. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, how dare they do this and that. And That's the first friend you're probably going to call. Let me suggest, first of all, that when we get to calling friends, that's probably not the first person you should call. And we're going to talk about here just for a minute. We're not going to make some calls to start with. But when, he, when you do make a call, you better have friends in your life that can tell you the truth. That say, no, nah, Bob, I don't know about that, man. I mean, I know you're feeling that way, but yeah, here's another perspective. You know, and remember, this is what God says you should be doing to process this. Not what, not what you feel like you should be doing, right? But here's the thing. Both of those things... Whether you're just rehearsing it for yourself, whether you get phone a friend, <laughs> or you get on Facebook and do a diatribe, which that's you know it's Instagram, whatever you know you're you're yeah you, that that's the third way these days is you just go to social media and just just you know vomit basically you just vomit out your stuff. Okay, this is this is how I'm feeling. This and again, what are you looking for? You're looking for someone that's going to like it, that's going to agree with you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey. Here's, here's the deal. Neither yourself, neither Facebook, or neither your friend can heal you. None of those can heal you. None of those places, voices, faces, or people can heal you. There is only one who can actually heal you of your bitterness. And that is Jesus Christ. 
He's it. Come on. He's it. So, so God is very clear. He, he, God never says, hey, ignore your pain. Uh, pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, put it off. No, he tells us the opposite. He goes, process your pain, but do it with me. Do it sitting literally in my hand. I want you to get that visual for a minute. When you're hurting, I want you to envision actually sitting with God, and he actually has you in his hands while you're processing your pain. While you're going through your junk. While you're crying out. Because when you're in his hands, he's able to actually have his hands on you. And you can feel his spirit. You can feel his healing. But there's a process that I found in that. In that, how do, how do we get healing in God's hands? First off, let me tell you what, God's, God's about honesty. God's about honesty. And to start with, we got to acknowledge that we got a problem. We got to acknowledge I'm hurting. I'm, I'm starting to see this root of bitterness get in my heart. I'm starting to recognize some signs and signals. So first off, we got to acknowledge it. We got to say, yeah, I'm, th- this is a problem for me. Right? God, God can handle your stuff. <laughs> Trust me. The second one is, is related to it. Not only do we need to acknowledge it, then the second thing is we actually need to vocalize it. You know, if you read the book of Psalms, almost all of the book of Psalms is about vocali- people that vocalized, primarily David, to God their issues. That's what's going on in the book of Psalms primarily is 80% of it's probably basically David or someone complaining to God about their situation. But really what they're doing is they're trying to be honest and say, this is how I'm feeling. And they're questioning God, where are you in this? What's going on? Why is this happening? And guess what? God could handle it back in the book of Psalms. He can still handle it today. Come on. God can handle your questions. He can handle your stuff. He can handle your disappointment. He can handle your anger, even if it's at him. Even if it's at him. That's okay. He can handle that. Because guess what? God would much rather you come to him with your complaints about him than, first of all, not to at all, or to go talk to somebody else. Oh, yeah, God, I don't know why he hasn't done this and that. I don't know why God hasn't moved in my life. I don't know why. why, But if you're not talking to the source, what good are you really doing? Right? All you're doing is rehearsing again. Who you're rehearsing to, whether it's yourself or somebody else, can't fix your problem. They can't heal you. Only the God of this universe can heal you. So you see, this is why before we start worrying about how to be kind to people or how we can forgive them or how we can let go of the past, we got to do this first. Because you see, if we don't do this first... Those other things aren't really going to be very effective, right? They may be a little band-aid. They may be a temporarily make us feel better. For, oh, that's kind. I sent someone a text message. But, 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 but there's no real healing that you're letting God do in you in that process. It's going to be short-lived. And you're going to be back in the same place next week. You're going to be back in the same place you were at next week. God is the only one who can actually heal our hearts and remove bitterness. And that's a process as well. Does it happen overnight? Normally not. 
Normally not. I don't know about you. Maybe you've been healed of something in one prayer. Great. Wonderful. But for most of us, I think it's a process. It's continually sitting at God's feet, letting us remain in his hands in that process. That's how he can pull the bitterness out of us. But we have to let him do it. We have to let him do it. You know, Jeremiah thirty seventeen says this. For I will restore health to you. And health is not just physically, by the way. It's, it's here, it's here, right? And your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. God can heal any wound that you have. There's, there's no wound, let me just say this, there's no wound that you have that God is not able to heal. Even if you think mistakenly, and we can, even if you mistakenly think that wound was caused by God, which I'm here to tell you his word does not support that. God doesn't cause us harm. But even if you believe that, let's just say you believe that for a minute. The only person you can go to to get that fixed is God, right? You can't get that healed anywhere else and with anyone else. God is the great healer. He's been called the great physician. This is what we're talking about. I'd like everyone just to, to, to stand for a minute. I want to pray for us. You know, there's... I'm just going to be bold, and I'm going to say that everybody in this room right now has something, some bitterness that you need to be healed from. I don't know what that is. You do. Maybe it's a, a broken relationship. Maybe it's an expectation that you don't think God has met yet. Uh, maybe there's somebody that has harmed you or someone that you love. Safe to, I, I'm, I'm believing, and, and I sense in my spirit that everybody here right now has something, some root of bitterness that we need God to heal in us so that we can make more room for Jesus. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, if, if you'll just pray and cry out to God with me as we go to him. Father God, we come before you now. Father, you are the great healer of our lives. Father, there is nothing in your word. You said there is nothing too hard for you to do. And so, Father, right now we bring our bitterness to you. Whatever part of our heart is occupying or is being occupied by bitterness, Father, we release it in the name of Jesus to you. Father, we ask that you heal us. Father, we ask that you help us to be kind that you help us to forgive others, that you help us to let go of our past. For Father, you are the only one that can do that. You are the only one that can free us from the bondage of bitterness. Father, will you come in right now? Will your Holy Spirit just fill that place in our heart where bitterness may be residing so that we can clean it out, dig out that root, and make room for Jesus Christ. Father, in these coming weeks, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of your son, Father, I pray that we continue to root out bitterness, that we continue to pull it up 
And Father, your son came to give us freedom from bitterness, freedom from sin. And it started with his birth. And Father, we're just so grateful. Father, will you help us? Will you guide us? Will you lead us? And Father, will you forgive us if there's areas in our heart that that are harboring bitterness? Father, we pray for your forgiveness so that we can forgive others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.